0: So, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Magic Mike. Now, this week, we have Joe Sinnott, the host of Energy Detox Podcast.
1: Welcome to my show, uh, Joe. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So, how are you doing today, Joe? So far, so good. Can't complain. It's spring here in Pittsburgh, so uh, excited about that. So, that's like a 12-hour difference you were mentioning earlier,
0: right? It's like a 12-hour difference from the current time zone I'm in
1: at the moment a couple days removed from the end of daylight savings time we are 12 hours from you right now wow
0: <laughs> it's it's wonderful you know how we're doing a podcast like 12 hours um with a 12 hours difference with the apps we will talk about that later what i would like to
1: find out more is maybe tell me more about your show the energy detox podcast Sure. So it's a podcast that is directed specifically to leaders within the oil and gas industry. So very, uh, very narrow market, if you will. But uh, within that industry, uh, there's a lot of toxicity, if you will. And there's a lot of leaders who are going through some measure of an identity crisis. So there's the industry-wide identity crises as things shift in the energy industry. And then there's a lot of men and women who are going through personal identity crises Mm. as they figure out what their role is. So the idea behind the podcast is to help them through those crises, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it focuses on a number of different leadership topics, uh, some of which are drawn upon my own experience as a leader within the oil and gas industry, and then now as an executive coach that is, again, focused on that particular industry. So mm-hmm. each episode weaves together themes from the energy industry, as mm-hmm. well as some generic leadership themes that are applicable to really any leaders and any organization. And then certainly, current events and, uh, some, you know, some, uh, off the topic, off topic things to keep things interesting. But ultimately the idea is weave it all together in some digestible mm-hmm. themes that mm-hmm. are relevant. And whether that's leaders who are firmly, uh, established in their careers and still mm-hmm. have a job or those who are in transition, which again, is a whole another case of, Uh, of an identity crisis, if you will. So all of that coming together, each episode is uh, with one exception is me diving into these topics and doing it in a way that poses a lot of questions to the listener. So uh, while my day job as a coach is typically asking questions and drawing information out of the people that I'm working with, obviously Mm -hmm. with me just behind the mic uh, and not conversing with other people and sharing those conversations, um, it's an attempt to just make the audience think about those those barriers really in many cases that need to be removed or or maybe gone around to ensure a measure of sustainability within their own career and within an industry that again is trying to to sustain itself uh, amidst Mm -hmm. all the the volatility and, and if not chaos that's out there gotcha and when you started off this podcast you know what
0: kind of microphone do you start off with do you remember what you recorded with your first episode
1: yeah. And in fact, uh, it's the, the microphone that I used throughout all of season one. Uh, it's a audio technica is a ATR 2100. So right, USB okay. white mic and, it, and I chose it at the time because I knew going into it that I was at least going to start with it just mm. being me, just being audio and that mic was perfect. Now, as things evolve and I look ahead to season two, it's not going to be the mic that I continue using because uh, it definitely has some limitations when you start introducing video and right. you start moving around. Uh, I'm, right. I joke, I'm half Italian, so I tend to, you know, my arms are flailing and, you know, and, and you know, if I'm on video, it's going to be a little more animated. And with this particular microphone, if I move my head slightly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's noticeable, and again, that's not going to work when I need to be a little bit more animated, or when mm-hmm. I'm uh, pointing to things, say, you know, behind me, or if, uh, you know, if I'm in person with a guest, for example. So, uh, it definitely served the purpose for mm-hmm. how the show was structured in season one, but it's uh, it's it's useful life will be will be coming to an end here before too long. Gotcha. And what are you using now as your go to microphone? So, my go to right now is still this microphone because okay. Uh, when I'm recording things without video, it's perfect. You know, I don't, I, I mm-hmm. can be very close to the mic. I can get the exact level of audio that I need and not have mm-hmm. the, the ups and downs that, you know, software can't always, uh, yeah. uh, you know, smooth out. Um, I use a lav mic for now because okay. it is nice to have that, you know, that hardwired option, certainly plenty of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, moving forward, that's not going to be an option for a couple of reasons. One, there's a lot of apps right now that, uh, they really don't do a good job live of adjusting to, you know, this particular mic. So, you know, when you right. have a dynamic right. mic like this, uh, you don't have a whole lot of leeway unless you have an app that's recovering. So Zoom, for example, mm-hmm. does a very good job. If I turn my head and I'm writing, say, on a whiteboard behind me, if I'm, you know, if I'm doing a class mm-hmm. or or something of that nature, it adjusts fine. But there's a lot of other apps right now for recording video that, don't do a very good job so Mm. uh, obviously moving to a condenser mic uh certainly a blue yeti or something like that is definitely going to be the next avenue for me once i uh you know hone in on the exact approach that i'm going to be taking for season two gotcha gotcha and what kind of apps do you use to
0: actually produce your show um with your guests so i've been using
1: Audacity. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. It, it can kind of get addictive after a while. you know, in the early <laughs> days, you're figuring things out and you learn a little bit more, you learn a bit, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you really get into it and you realize how powerful it is, you know it's great. And there's so much you know free help out there to to navigate specific problems. So I'm still using that. I, I would mm-hmm. say though, unfortunately, I actually take longer to produce an episode now because you, you can, uh, so it's, uh, Mm -mm. it could be dangerous once you, once you know the inner workings of things. And, um, and because the show really is, is either heavily outlined or in some cases, you know, pretty much all scripted. I don't have a lot of the typical ums and ahs to navigate Mm -hmm. out or to remove if you will. But the problem then is you get, you, you almost raise the bar and now you're getting rid of, you know, slight pauses that aren't natural. And it's, it's a very dangerous path to go down, but yep. Audacity gives me the the flexibility to do that. And then mm-hmm. uh, I use Buzzsprout to host. And one of the advantages there is uh, relatively recent, I guess the last couple months, they're, I think they call it magic mastering or something like that. Um, running it through that is, is definitely worth the small investment to, again, even take a, a very polished Audacity file, mm-hmm. uh, our output, and, and really smooth it out. So those are the two. Uh, technologies at least from a podcast production standpoint that i've been using gotcha and you use zoom to record your shows for season one uh so since since only one of them was interview-based everything was straight into audacity or sorry everything was not interview-based so straight into audacity so um the one interview i did over zencaster and then certainly appearing on other podcasters uh uh, shows zencaster has been uh worked although i will say again you, you do notice some of the you know some of the fades. If I do decide mm-hmm. to uh, turn my head or, or, you know, drop a drink of water halfway through through a conversation, like so a mic drop but, in that sense. Correct. So, um, yeah. So, but audacity again has has done the trick. And then beyond that, in terms of post production, I've been running mm-hmm. things through Otter AI for transcription. Uh, I'll use Headline oh, yeah. for some polishing. So, you know, a hodgepodge of apps that that all serve mm-hmm. their purpose uh, for now. Although mm-hmm. I, I've definitely been exploring some other options again, especially once video gets introduced more in mm-hmm. the episodes. So how how do you actually
0: promote these um, episodes? Like, I mean, you put it through Headliner, you just mentioned, and mm-hmm. you put it out through your LinkedIn, you put it out any social. Um, do you have a team that manages it? Or
1: how, how do you uh, do that? So no team, uh, a, a team of, of maybe we'll, we'll call it one and a half right now in terms of the promotion. Uh, LinkedIn is the primary mechanism, mm-hmm. although I will say that a good chunk of the promotion is actually one-on-one. So when I'm engaged mm-hmm. with somebody, I might be working with them as a client even, and mm-hmm. there's something that comes up that is very relevant to one of the episodes. So it's really feeding specific episodes to people uh, because that's how they were designed. They were designed to be very, very personal, uh, almost, I'm to say, book-like uh, mm-hmm. I think it's probably a common theme, right? You know, people think, oh, I want to write a book. Well, maybe it'd be easier to just start recording podcasts. But yeah. because of how they're laid out, because of how they all tie to the the theme, the the system I use, if you will, with people, it's very mm-hmm. easy to pluck particular episodes out and give mm-hmm. them to people. And then having a transcript that, again, Otter AI makes very easy to do, um, mm-hmm. having that transcript and then parking it on my website and being able to clean it up and make it very readable... You know that's been probably the most effective promotion is that one-on-one uh obviously backed up and supported by the you know the, the general you know linkedin uh posts to, oh, yeah. to put it out there yeah
0: so you know you mentioned that um you've done season one so before we had um before we had this conversation you know, we mentioned um in our message that um you've done season one and now you're going into season two so we were talking about sustainable approach to it's a podcast.
1: Could you tell me more about that? What does that mean in your terms? Sure. Well, I mean, sustainability in general, I mean, it has lots of different definitions, but mm-hmm. essentially it's being able to continue making progress towards whatever your ultimate goal is. Mm-hmm. And my goal in the role that I have now as an executive coach is to help people. And primarily that's done one-on-one and committing my time to them and being able to help more people. And spending you know anordinate an amount of time on putting together a podcast obviously is not conducive to helping more people and helping them more deeply. So uh, putting that time, putting that energy into mm-hmm. the podcast as I did in season one can't continue moving forward. And obviously bringing in additional resources and taking advantage of of certainly some apps that are out there that could streamline things mm-hmm. will help make it more sustainable. but, Really, moving away from this more you know scripted, polished episodes to something that's a little bit more unstructured, uh, free-flowing, shorter Mm -hmm. episodes is going to allow me to sustain putting out content uh, without having to sacrifice the you know the the need to continue you know growing my business Mm -hmm. and again helping more people. So you know, I by design in going into season one, I knew that I wanted something that built a very strong foundation. Uh, the nature of again the coaching I do, the the business I have, it relies on very intentional, conscious partnerships with people, and that's what this season one was meant to be. Very intentional, very conscious. Uh, you know, if people are going to take the time to listen to it, I wanted it to be well done and thorough. Now, that's not to say season two won't be well done and thorough, but it won't yeah. be as thorough. The episodes won't be as long, and it'll definitely be more. Casual and maybe a little less uh, uh, academic, if you will, than, than season mm-hmm. one happened to be. I think that brings out that authenticity, right? Like,
0: you know, having that unstructured, unscripted conversations. It The flow that it takes on, it's different. I mean, people can tell when the podcast is scripted. Um, I mean, there is a need, like people do listen to it. Like they still do listen to it, but you can tell like, you know, this is an authentic conversation. This is a scripted podcast. Like, I mean, like you just say,
1: it's, it becomes
0: academic from there.
1: Yeah. And, and again, I mean, I I joked at times to the extent it was a conversation. It was a conversation with myself, but that's not, that's (laughs) not the, you know, that's the goal was to get as close to the Mm -hmm. value that you can get from one-on-one coaching where my job is to shut up as much as possible. My job is to ask Mm -hmm. questions and listen. Whereas obviously a you, know, a, you know, 20, 30 minute monologue is is not that. So it was a fun exercise trying to take elements of the coaching I do and, and the conversations I have and the experiences I've had and and build them into a, a one man show, if you will. But mm-hmm. uh, again, that served a purpose. You know, people can go out and they can read thousands of books on leadership if they wanted to. They can listen mm-hmm. to thousands of podcasts, many of which are interview style and are great and give you a different flavor. But again, mm-hmm. for season one to establish my brand, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to, to really have some things that I can continue pointing to for years and not just, uh, um, you know, whatever I decided to talk about that day, uh, that was the intention. And again, going back to the technology, that's how it was set up. You know, that's why it was mm-hmm. me. That's why I didn't have a production team. Uh, that's why I chose the microphone I did but moving on. That's not going to be the case because it, it can't be. It's not sustainable. <laughs> that is it. And again, <laughs> Uh, As someone who preaches leadership sustainability, that's the whole idea behind (laughs) my business is, I mean, the tagline is fueling sustainable leaders. So clearly I would be a hypocrite among other things to not proceed in my own life uh, in a way that is uh, is sustainable. So uh, again, coming full circle and acknowledging that, you know, I had Mm -hmm. a purpose, I have a purpose. And when you have that purpose, it makes it a lot easier for people to (laughs) honestly to coach me along. I've had Mm -hmm. people who you know when i'm toying with whether i need to need to release the next episode on the mm-hmm. date that i had hoped to um you know it's very easy to get caught up in in that stress and that pressure until mm-hmm. you realize what your purpose is if your purpose is to grow your podcast and to grow your audience and to be able to monetize rule number 1 of course is to maintain consistency as much as possible mm-hmm. whereas with this that was never the intention and it was you know for season 1 especially quality over quantity was very much the goal so the timing mm-hmm. was allowed to be a little bit more fluid um and you know that made it a lot easier when i had to make those decisions about you know what should i wait another week to build up the content and focus on some other things uh or do i push to get this episode out uh mm-hmm. so again having that purpose whether we're talking about podcasting whether you're talking about a career change whether you're talking about again fighting through various identity crises in your industry or your career Whatever that is, clearly having some bigger ultimate purpose makes it a lot easier to avoid getting hung up on things that, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know might not matter as much as you think in the, you know, in the heat of the moment.
0: Joe, you mentioned just now that you know you're transiting to a video style. You're recording. You're gonna be. You're gonna start recording videos for your podcast. May I know why you took that leap? Because there's a debate among podcasters as well, like, should I do a video podcast? Should I do an audio podcast? Like, So what made you actually jump from audio to video?
1: Well, I think you used the word earlier and and it's authenticity. So, you know, and maybe it's going from, you know, from one extreme to the other. But Mm -hmm. when you have that video and you have it less scripted and you have it more natural, I think it just takes it to to another level. Uh, Also Mm -hmm. gives me a chance to I don't know. Like I said, you know, have my my hands flying there, and and be able to turn around and write things and share things, uh, and and like I said, I I wanted these to give a flavor for the value that people get from one-on-one or even group mm-hmm. coaching because it is a very unique experience. It's it's very different from just um, passively listening to somebody talk about some topic, mm-hmm. and having video, being able to you know, look into the camera and, and, you know, the person on the other end, at least look into my eyes, even if there's mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, need to use some imagination connecting the two that is going to get things a lot closer to the value that people get from mm-hmm. coaching. And you're never going to get there again without that feedback back. Cause like I said, you know, coaching is very much a, a two-way street, uh, you know, to pardon the cliche, but the mm-hmm. closer I can get to that and the closer that people can not just appreciate, what I do and the value it brings, but to really extract value from these mm-hmm. podcasts. And again, I think video definitely will help that to happen. Um, not that it couldn't happen without it, but I think it's just, you know, playing the odds uh, from what I've seen. And and again, just kind of the difference between conversations I have with people that are just over the phone versus over Zoom. Um mm-hmm sometimes one situation is better than the other so i'm going to test it out uh, and by testing it out i'm going to, I'm going to go in 100 and and combine the two sort of creates a deeper connection in that sense you know they're not only listening to you now they're actually seeing you as well yeah and again th- the funny thing is i think from a podcast it can create a deeper connection or from a yeah from a video podcast where again it's obviously you know there's an audience and there's me and there's mm-hmm. obviously a, a time and space disconnect I think it can create that deeper connection. Whereas the funny thing is sometimes when you're coaching someone one-on-one live, mm-hmm. there are times when not having video can actually be more powerful. Better. And, and yeah. you know, that person is, is more focused on what they're trying to accomplish. So again, mm-hmm. it's just about, you know, what is the purpose, uh, what are you trying to do and finding the right tools, both from a technical standpoint and the right <laughs> approach that allows you to do that.
0: Joel. Jill- as a podcast host, you know, what are the challenges you face, like, you know, in terms of technical, or, you know, it could be like, you know, writing the script for your podcast. What What are the challenges you face as a podcast host?
1: So the biggest thing for me, again, was definitely this urge to script things out. So, you know, you have an 80% outline, that's fine. But once you have that flow, and, you know, if you're if it's 80% scripted, and then you go off script, uh, you know, there, there is a shift there. And again, it's not bad. But. You know, switching between this authentic live and and scripted doesn't work. So I, the challenge for me was trying to perfect things. And again, that's something that, you know, is, is, is very dangerous, right? You know, uh, again, to use another cliche, uh, allowing the perfect to get in the way of the good, if you will. So I think that's probably number one from a general approach standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing from a technical standpoint has definitely been the audio. So again, very happy to have a microphone. Um, people seem to be satisfied with uh, with the quality of the podcast. But it's amazing again once your ear starts gets trained and you're picking up those little things. It's amazing exactly. how many you you pick up. And and again, there's then there's the funny things where you record an entire episode and you realize that you had the wrong microphone selected and it yes. sounds tinny. And, <laughs> and of course, all of those things. And, and then even some funny things where um, the one episode I did over ZenCaster. Where you have mm-hmm. two different audio streams, you brought them together, and, and everything sounded great. And then when I listened to it on one and a half speed, as, as I'll do sometimes mm-hmm. on other people's podcasts and and even my own when I'm listening back through it quickly, uh, there was such a noticeable difference in in the quality when you advance that speed. And again, there's little things like that that you might you, right. know, you don't even think of, but how many other people are there listening at at you know one x or one point two five x and and you know the experience could be completely different from what sounded nearly perfect uh, mm. at uh, at at real time so uh, again audio by far uh, the the biggest uh, headache inducing element of podcasting for sure gotcha
0: and you know Joel that this is very insightful because like i think podcasters the 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 effect of pod fit I've, I've not I'm, i don't know whether you've heard of that term pod fit It's theoretically it happens after six episodes, um, um, according to our research. (laughs) That's not right. I I haven't read (laughs) the research,
1: but uh, yeah, I'd say pod fade after six. That's that's about. It says about six. It's
0: about six episodes. So if you cross that six episode boundary, it it means that you have a sustainable approach, or you know whatever you are doing, it it works. We just got to make sure we just need to perfect. So actually, creating this sustainable approach really matters from a podcast. from a podcast host perspective because even if we have the technical knowledge correct, even if we have all the technical aspects on the board, if we don't have a sustainable approach, it's just bound
1: to fail. It's yeah. just going to eat up your head and it's bound to fail. Yeah. And again, I mean, that applies to <laughs> individuals of, of yeah. any sort in entire industries, which which again goes back to uh, you know the oil and gas industry in particular. But mm-hmm. I'll say this too, and, and I, I guess I said it earlier, but It's not just a sustainable approach, but it's also understanding what your purpose is. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of folks that I've spoken with who get Mm. into podcasting and they have some idea of what they want to do. And it's fine that that evolves. Certainly people go into it as a hobby and they wind up monetizing. And there's probably a lot more people that go in and think they're going to monetize and turns into a hobby. Mm. But either way, having some bigger purpose behind it makes it a whole lot easier to you know, it's easy to go down rabbit hole and say, I need a whole production team. I'm going to invest all this money. But, you know, then it's, well, wait a second, what is, what is the purpose of this podcast? It Mm -hmm. is not to, to be some standalone item. It's always meant to complement the work that I'm doing one-on-one with Mm -mm. people. And again, giving people who aren't part of that a flavor mm-hmm. for the topics that we talk about and the value that people are getting. So mm-hmm. again, the more people can do that as they jump into podcasting, and certainly many will, um, mm-hmm. instead of just realizing it, like you said, the barrier of entry is going to be small, you know, smaller and smaller so and smaller easier. and smaller yep. that it's going to, people are going to find themselves in it, but not even realize that, you know, okay, it might only take you, I don't know, 10 hours a month to bang out a bunch of episodes. But yep. you know, I mean, is that 10 hours a month? really what you want to be yeah. investing your time on. And <laughs> exactly. um, and again, I, I think that's going to be the danger um, mm-hmm. with anything, I guess, you know, as, as accessibility increases, um, the, the temptation to invest your precious time also increases. Joe, as a final question, I ask this to all my
0: guests, right? What you had for breakfast this morning?
1: Breakfast this morning was scrambled eggs, uh, had an apple. And then my children were kind enough not to finish all of the chocolate chip pancakes they were eating. So uh, I also topped off my meal with a with a couple of those this morning. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great having you on Magic Mike. And it was very insightful to hear you know, how we can create a sustainable approach for podcast hosts.
1: My pleasure. And, and thanks for the work you're doing. I, I definitely uh, could have used a couple couple conversations like this, at least from a technical standpoint. And again, from a, from an overall approach standpoint as I was getting started. So uh, very much appreciate the opportunity to share my story and, and again, for, for the work you're doing with this.